Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Cooper, and welcome to the Midweek Podcast. This is an episode styling within our Cheney Faith Center podcast collection. So maybe you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or maybe on our website through the little podcast player. Um, But what we like to do is have another episode throughout the midweek um, that just talks a little bit more either from our Sunday messages or talks on some cultural moments from a biblical perspective. So it's been so far really fun and something that Mark and I have really liked. And a lot of times we'll have some other special guests a part of this. So I really encourage you to look back on our previous midweek episodes. But um, here is this upcoming episode of The Midweek. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Midweek Podcast. It's Pastor Cooper and Pastor Mark. And we are on Zoom today. because Hello, we're in, everyone. Yeah, we're in some different locations. So we're doing the good old Zoom, Zoom chat um, for this one, which, hey, it's pretty cool that technology still allows us to be connected even if we're not in the same place, the same yeah, time. Sure. So that's good. So there yeah. might be a little bit of uh, kind of not drops, but we've all been doing Zoom for the last year and a half. So I think we all understand that the Zoom is not the perfect yeah. uh, device <laughs> or whatever for doing this. So there might be a couple of drops here and there. And even yeah. Mark and I's dialogue might have some weird pauses as we're kind of waiting for the other person to talk or whatever. So there's always that little bit of a delay in there. Um, but I think we're just going to get right into our conversation right. today. Um, we're going to talk about some of our current cultural things that are happening and more on the political side of the conversation. And we're going to be talking through and dialoguing like how we as Christians need to navigate and how we should be navigating a lot of these hot button topics. And the one that we're going to talk about today is called the Equality Act. Um, It's something that's been passed through the House. This is a federal law, so it'll be a nationwide, uh, potentially a nationwide law. It has to go through the Senate still. Um, But we're going to talk about the Equality Act, um, its implications, some of the details of that, how we as people of faith should be navigating these things, um, and how we should probably be informed about some of the implications of that. Um, But also just, again, like how we should walk out our faith in these kind of really hard times where it's this hard balance of the media is saying this, but our Bible is saying this, and we have people and friends and family members that don't agree on things. And so how do we just navigate through those muddy waters um, with that? So we're going to be kind of just starting that conversation. It might be a little bit longer of a podcast, um, but I think it'll be a good conversation um, as we dive in and just kind of, yeah, just allow um, just some good conversation to happen. Um, Mark and I have already been talking about this a little bit uh, the last couple of days and just kind of getting our thoughts out already and kind of writing some things out. And it's been good dialogue even just between Mark and myself. So I'm I'm really excited yeah. for, this, for this conversation um, with it. So um, I think what I'm going right. to do, Mark, is just maybe just give a quick little two-minute buffer of just like an overarching thing. A lot of this is even from your message on Sunday. So I'd love for even you to give some um, just thoughts and just some overarching, I guess, uh, vision to this. And that's how we should probably walk out our lives when it comes to really anything political, um, these hot button topics that um, can really cause a lot of division within people, within even the church. Um, And that's really living out this balance of truth and grace, which is easier said than done. Um, And I think one of the biggest things is it really comes down to being led by the Holy Spirit um, in all times, just to be spirit-led in the conversations you're having, in what to say, in how to navigate. Maybe you're talking with people that are just vehemently or uh, just opposed to you, like just don't want to like approach the same topic. Like how do you have that Holy spirit love to have truth and grace with them? Right. And um, I thought you said you had a good line in yeah. your message on Sunday that said um, a lot of times we feel like we're responsible to clean people out like, like, like a fisherman, right. We would clean out our fish and we do all the stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really God's role to clean people out, to transform them from the inside out. We can be the vessels to be a part of that, but it really comes down to a heart transformation um, that people are doing. So I don't know if you want to just share a little bit, even 
from your message yesterday, just maybe a one or two minute little snippet of just um, how, how yeah. do we have this balance of truth and grace a little bit? Yeah. So I think it's really important and it comes, it really starts at a verse in John chapter one, where it says, Jesus came to the earth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. So this perfect balance of grace and truth. And that's what we see over and over again as Jesus relates to people that are struggling, that are stuck in sin and brokenness and hurt and pain. Over and over again, we just see him modeling the life of a person that lives and treats people with grace and truth. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. A lot of times it's grace first and truth second. So I think that that's important too. Sometimes we think, well, maybe I'll just blast them with the truth and then I'll give them grace later. It does, does kind of seem that there is a little bit of an order with Jesus. He, he normally uses grace first and then truth later. Um, and so I think that's important for us as well. And I think in our challenging times, politically, socially, economically, even, um, we're coming into conflict with that over and over again, mm -hmm. that it's becoming more and more of a challenge because I think our culture is growing more and more apart from one another. The differences are, are beginning to grow and show themselves more. And we're, we're also in this challenging time where, um, you know, the, the two sides are having, turmoil against one another. <laughs> They're angry at one another. Yeah. And so we see that everywhere in culture. And Jesus, it's interesting to me, never really gets into that fight. Mm -hmm. um, but in our world and in our day and in our nation, we want to be able to, I think where we're at now is it's, it's beyond, um, we just have some differences. It's now becoming, I'm going to force you to live my way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the challenge with the Equality Act. The Equality Act doesn't just say, hey, let's let's make let's make an act that shows that we have some difference and and um you know maybe just makes us a little bit aware of that. The Equality Act begins to go down the road of you no longer have your freedoms as a Christian. And we will force you to live the way we want you to. And if you don't, we'll punish you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's the challenge with some of the legislation that we're seeing in the state of Washington and at a national level with the Congress and Senate. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll get into what the Equality Act is and, and even just real quick, um, something that I was reminded of a few weeks ago, I was doing a study in Ezra and Nehemiah, something that I noticed that just kind of, I was like, oh, this really applies in our current context too, um, is at the end of Nehemiah, they had this big revival, so to speak, but it was really based on physical behavior change. And then the people go back to their old, right. their old ways again. And Nehemiah just gets super frustrated. He starts pulling people's hair out. He starts beating them up because they're not doing what like they should be doing yeah. when it comes to yeah. honoring the Lord. And then it just ends. Like it just, there, there is no like, what happens next? It just ends. And then Nehemiah says like, remember me, Oh Lord, basically like I did what I could, but it wasn't enough. And I think what we notice is physical behavior change is good for a point, but it's not this lasting change that we all need. And we truly need um, Jesus to transform us from the inside out. And so Nehemiah, well, the Ezra Nehemiah accounts really just pointing exactly. us to Jesus, like the need, that we have, which is way bigger. It's not just a behavior modification. It's a, hand, a heart transformation that needs to happen. And I think in our current political and just like, just like, just like you said, the two sides, you know, the liberal and the conservative sides are basically at odds. And it's not about trying to get one side to do right. a different behavior than the other side. It's like, we all need a heart transformation. We all need Jesus to truly transform yes. us from the inside out. Yeah. With, without that, we're going to continue to be mm -hmm. at odds. We're going to continue to be frustrated. We're going to continue to have yeah. so many divisions in this. And it's it's a sin issue. It's a hard issue. 
And I think I saw that in the Ezra and Nehemiah account. I was like, oh, like this is just, again, pointing to the need for Jesus. Like we can try to put all these practices in place, all these laws in place to try to get the best behavior out of somebody. But it comes down to a heart transformation. That's what's truly needed. And, and I think we should be reminded that when we're talking about right. these issues, and just like you said, there's kind of a form to it. It's, it's a lot of times grace first and then this truth later. Um, but again, the Holy Spirit will lead you in those conversations. But I think we should be reminded that we're talking with people. We're talking with people that are created right. in the image of God. And a lot of times what we see on social media, on even just the main media or whatever, is both sides demonizing the other side. And it seems to not be helpful for anybody. It just creates the division more and more and more. And just in the biblical accounts, the gospel accounts, Jesus came to not demonize. I mean, he, he called people out, but he usually called out the religious elites out. Um, and so I think we need to understand that, like, when we come in these conversations, these are people and we should have a heart of compassion yeah. and a heart of grace, along with a heart of truth that stands on the truth that God's word gives us. Um, but that our heart should not be to demonize the other side or to try to show them as these horrible people that are the worst things because they are created in the image of God and I mean, the main verse for uh, for family church right now, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. It wasn't like God just said, I'm only going to love those right. who do what I want to do. No, God loves those who are very much against him. God still loves them. And he gave a son for them. And I think we have to also model that same right. heart and that same theology out when it comes to a lot of these political ideas is these are people and we need to understand that they have a hurting heart, just like we have a hurting heart. And we might be on a, on a more forward path because we've had some transformation, that initial transformation, but we're still being transformed. We still need Jesus. We still need the Holy spirit every single day. But because of that, we're probably, we're, we're a little bit further in this, in this process, but we should still have compassion for those who need that heart transformation as well, not to put up more bricks in the wall for them in that. So um, so let's, let's get into the Equality Act. So I think just overarching, um, for those of you who are listening and you're like, what is the Equality Act? Like, what is this thing? You may have heard it on some of the news yeah. outlets. Um, but essentially this is a mm-hmm. new act that has just passed the House of Representatives yep. and it's taking the Civil Rights yeah. Act of 1964, which was instituted to, um, desegregate the country, which was good. Right. So that was, you know, down in the South, they would have different uh, water fountains for people of color and for the white people and different schools and all these things. So the civil rights act came in and said, no, like that's, that's not going to happen. We're going to, that, that's just not right. It's not moral. So what's happening now is they're taking that same act, the civil rights act of 64, and they're inserting the terms sexual orientation and gender identity. And the issue with this is they're making it very, very broad um, into public facilities to be desegregated. Um, and it just literally is a very, very broad um, type of, um, I guess, uh, yeah. definition. And I want to just read one quick quote mm-hmm. from Gabrielle Gerges. She's a doctorate of political science from Princeton. And she says this, the goal of eradicating unjust discrimination should appeal to all of us. So it's like, yeah, like we shouldn't be discriminatory, but the Equality Act is a bludgeon. Right not an instrument for doing that. It applies much more broadly and harms many other interests in the process. And when it comes to the law's own third-party harms, which are much broader than any burdens that have been tied to conservative religious liberty claims, progressives have been strikingly and disturbingly silent. What she's saying is she's like, this Equality Act is just this massive sledgehammer that's saying like, we got to kill this one little bug that's in this huge giant China cabinet. So let's just take this sledgehammer and just destroy the whole China <laughs> cabinet to kill that one little beetle bug that's in there. It's not great, right? Right. 
Um, and what's interesting about this yeah. um, act is there's a specific claim in there. It's section 1107 in the Equality Act. You can go on to, um, you can Google it. You can go to the Congress website and see the actual thing. But it says this in section 1107. It says, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 shall not provide a claim concerning or a defense to a claim under a covered title or provide a basis for challenging the application or enforcement of a covered title. Basically saying, if you as a faith-based organization, whatever faith that is, if you have a, a standard that says sex is between one man and one woman, marriage between one man and one woman, or your biological sex is who you're, you are created as, and that's how you should live as, if you have any type of standards of that, you can't claim that as a um, cover to say, hey, we're not going to um, do same-sex marriages as a church, for instance. Because now this new law yeah. says, no, right. that's that's discriminatory. That's that's saying that you don't agree that uh, two men or two women should be married. And you're like, yeah, we don't agree with that because that's not how God designed this covenant of marriage. And so it starts to make very, very broad, sweeping changes to a lot of things. And so, Mark, I want to give you a chance just to kind of maybe talk through a few of um, these generalizations and some of the potential uh, I guess yeah. implications that it could uh, install for us as a church, us as Christians, and then maybe if you know how how yeah. we should navigate these things um, when it comes to living a life for Jesus. Yeah. So let me let me go just a little bit even further with the definition. If you look, if you go yeah. to Congress.gov and you look at the definition of the bill, you know the the it says this bill prohibits discrimination based on sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity identity in all public accommodations, and it lists them all. Then it says the bill defines and includes sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity among the prohibited categories of discrimination or segregation. But it goes even further because then it says the bill allows the Department of Justice to intervene in equal protection actions in federal court on account of sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, you may say, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that if we don't agree with their above definition of sexual orientation or gender identity, we could have to go to federal court mm -hmm. on that. Now, how, how that gets worked out, we're not really sure yet. The challenge with it is it's like exactly what you just said, Cooper. It's such a broad stroke that what does that mean? Does that mean that as, as, as a church, if we don't agree with your definition of sexual orientation and gender identity, that you're going to put me in jail? It, it could, because it sure leaves it open to that. Mm -hmm. It could leave it open to the church receiving a fine. It could leave it open to all kinds of things. Another part, it says the bill prohibits an individual from being denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, or a dressing room that is in accordance with that individual's gender identity. Mm -hmm. So this brings up lots of challenges for, for us as a church. Now, let me, let me go a little bit broader because I think it, it should, we should also include some other things. Mm -hmm. This also makes it very, very difficult for Christian schools, Christian universities. Um, it also makes it very challenging, and there's been lots of people writing about this to try to, you know, here's the negative side of the Equality Act. This makes it difficult for also every single doctor mm -hmm. or medical practice that does not agree with your definition of sexual orientation or gender identity. Mm -hmm. um, if, if that's the case, then that means, does that mean that doctor gets sued? Does, I mean, it could. <laughs> um, if that doctor does not believe in the exact definition of sexual orientation or gender identity, like Congress and Senate are going to say, mm -hmm. or like the Equality Act says, then they could be sued for not providing certain services to a trans transgender person or not providing certain services that they don't agree with either religiously or otherwise. They, mm -hmm. it, it could not even be a religious reason to disagree. It could be, it could be a psychological reason. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It could be a physical reason. A doctor could choose to say, I, I don't, I'm not religious about this at all. But here's what I notice. I notice one of the highest categories of people in our culture to commit suicide are people that are, change, that are transgender, that are changing their gender. So I've made a medical decision that I'm not going to do that because it seems that that's not really the answer to that person's identity issues. If they said, I choose to do that medically, they could get sued. There's all kinds of really, really challenging situations and issues. There's another thing that I think is really, really challenging is what it does to women's rights. And this is a real big issue, too, that women all over the United States, you're not hearing about it in the media because their voices are being squashed right now. Um, But women all over the United States are saying this is a problem. We've, We've fought very hard for women's rights. And now you're saying that transgender men or people that have a gender identity of being female, but they're still male, can come into my locker room or can come into the shower, the public shower, or can even, this is becoming an even bigger issue, they can participate in women's sports. Now, this is gaining steam all over. There's There's actually several high school girls in the state of Connecticut right now that are suing the state of Connecticut because a transgender man, boy, or, you know, uh, transgender man competed in the high school track and field in Connecticut as, as a girl. And she just blew every, she blew all these girls out of the water. And these girls are now saying, well, you know, I was hoping to get a scholarship to be a girl runner. And now this person who's male, but is identifying as a female is blowing all of our state records out of the water and is just, you know, creating challenges for us as girls and everything that we've done in Title IX to not discriminate about against women and about and against females in the sports world is now all gone. Right. So we can see over and over again there are really challenge a lot of challenges. What does that mean for us as a church or Christian school? It means that if we don't agree with the um, way that they define sexual orientation and gender identity, and we hire an employee, and that employee decides that they want to change their gender identity or their sexual orientation, and we don't agree with that because we don't agree with that biblically, and it's even in our um, handbook, our employee handbook, they could still sue us because we are being discriminatory which doesn't give us equal protection. (laughs) Um, But what they're saying is we're being discriminatory against them, but that's not really the case. It could also mean that we would be forced to provide religious services or probably the most significant area would be a marriage ceremony where we would be required by law, to perform state marriage ceremonies for people that have a different sexual orientation or gender identity. So a man marrying a man, a woman marrying a woman, transgender people marrying one another. And so that creates a challenge as well. Like right now, we're, we're able to, to perform those ceremonies and it's okay. And so one of the things that we've kind of talked about, Cooper and I have talked about this many times, that moving forward, this creates a huge challenge for us as a church. And one of the things that we would most likely decide at that point and is that we, we would stop doing state-licensed marriage ceremonies. And we would only do covenant marriage ceremonies. You, you could go get your, your Washington state paperwork done with a federal, with a, with a state judge, um, but as a church, we would we would no longer do, um, you know, where you sign the form as a, mm-hmm. the state form and those different things as a pastor. We would only choose to do 
covenant marriage ceremonies, which would mean we would we would do that in a biblical format and in a biblical way, and we would believe that your biblical unity is more important than your civil union that the state requires to um, abide by those laws of the Equality Act. So I think there are, you know, just a lot, a lot of reasons why the Equality Act is very challenging for us as churches. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that's just not being heard or even understood or voiced in mainstream media is all of the difficulties that it creates for so many other people as well that are not even religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it does to women is very difficult and very challenging and 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 is such a broad stroke mm-hmm. um, that it's very, very concerning. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, something that should be good even for us to even just circle back on is like the heart for us even as Christ followers is we don't we don't want to discriminate against people because they're created in the image of God. Right. But what we're seeing is again, this like kind of scorched earth concept of saying like, well, we don't want anybody to discriminate against anybody, um, which we would say like, yeah, like that, that's a heart of Jesus, but we also have to have some truth in there. Um, that we have to have a standard an absolute that is there. And what the equality act is saying, yeah, the absolute is you do what we think is best doesn't matter what your religious affiliation is, your faith, the moral code, the sacred writings that you fall under. That's out the window now. Now it's what we deem as the truth, which is changing every every two to three years. It is just going different directions and all yeah, different ways. Right. Um, but but again, I think like like we as Christ followers, like we don't want to discriminate. That that's not our heart is it discriminate against people that have a different sexual orientation or they're going through gender identity um, issues. Like our heart is to not be like, you're just get out of here. Like, we don't want you like that. The church should probably, and it it needs to be. And I think we're working and having steps there should be like the the safest place for people to wrestle with those issues, to wrestle with sexual orientation, disparities, gender disparities, and I think historically the church has just done a really bad job yep. in that where we've just singled out those yep. sins and said, because of this, like you can't do this, you can't do that. When in the church, there's a lot of other people that are very sinful <laughs> that are wrestling with things. And so I think the church should be a very safe yeah. place to do that. Um, but also at the same time, most people that are LGBTQ um, IA and this is in a recent survey through um, a book by Preston Sprinkle, basically said like they actually are not against the church and the church's stance on sexuality. They understand that. What most LGBTQ people are against are the disparities and hypocrisy of the church where they just single out the one sin of an LGBTQ lifestyle rather than all these people in your church had multiple affairs they're addicted to pornography, they're drunk, they're gossips, they're liars, like all these things that you're kind of just brushing over. But yet when it comes to sexual orientation, you're just like, you're hitting that hard. And I think for as, as a church, as Christ followers, we need to kind of wake up to that fact of like, man, are we singling out this one group of people? Are we singling this thing out? Because that shouldn't be our heart. Um, yeah. You know, our heart is like, hey, we're all sinners we all fall short of the, of, of the glory of God. Like we need that heart transformation, but we also need to stand for that truth that we, that we are on. And that goes for all, all things, lying, gossip, sexual orientation. We all need to be standing on that and be at submitting ourselves to God's truth. But what we're seeing in the equality act is yeah. there is some good of not having discrimination when it comes to like housing, for instance, it's like, yeah, like, a person who is in a same-sex relationship should not be denied an apartment. Like that, that makes sense. But we're also seeing in this law is it's saying, well, you as a church now cannot follow your sacred writings. You as a faith-based person cannot follow what you believe with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And like you said, Mark, as a medical professional, 
you can no longer agree with the scientific biological understanding of the human body. You now have to say, right. Even though, even though you say biologically as a doctor who's performed surgeries, no, this is a boy. You have to now say, nope, that is a girl. I have to operate them on as such, which for a person of science, well, I'm, right. I'm, not, a, I'm not a person of science, but for anybody that would be like, wait, you're telling me to undo all of my doctorate of biology and everything for this. Like I can't do that morally, or even if they within their doctor morality codes, like I, I just can't do that. But now they are liable to be right. penalized, having their license stripped. And I was just um, reading from another doctor guy who was writing an opinion on this. He says, Hey, I, I perform mastectomies for women with breast cancer. And since I've done that, this law would then require me to perform a mastectomy on a teenage girl who wants to become a boy, which I just morally can't do. But because I've already performed this surgery on other women because of a medical need, breast cancer, that now makes me, um, right. what's the word? Uh, like he has to now do that for teenage girls or wh whoever is a female. Yeah to now become a boy. And he's like, I, I just can't do that. Like that just puts that doctor now in a complete hard place that they can't carry out their moral ethical yeah. code within their biological understanding of the human body. And that's, what's so hard right. about this act is it makes and it worse. The equality act makes them liable. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It and makes so, them liable to punishment under law. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's kind of funny is it, it makes it almost in a weird way easier to live out your faith because it is just <laughs> like almost right. much more black and white of just be, being like, no, like this is my faith code. This goes against it. So I'm not going to do it. You know, obviously there's an internal struggle of like, right. okay, am I going to be sued? Am I going to be stripped of my license? But it's kind of that, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing of like, I'm not going to bow down to your law of the land. Like, I'm going to stand up for, for my faith and my moral code that is founded in the ultimate moral code of God. And I'm not going to do that. And so some, in a weird way, it almost makes it easier right. to live out your faith, you know, um, when, when it comes to these issues. But yeah. at the same time, it makes it so hard and difficult because there's so many other little intricacies that are woven into this thing that have so many dynamics that make it still emotional and hard to make that decision. Cause there's lots of implications of, of losing jobs and all those things, but. Right. Yep. That's, that's exactly what makes it so, so challenging right now. Um, but I think I want to also mention too, Cooper, that what you said at the beginning, and this is what I was talking about a little bit yesterday, and I think is important for us to understand. Um, and I think it's the way that the church has traditionally dealt with sin, with those moments where we all are disobedient to God. And when we look at scripture, we often see like a list, you know, we'll see a list of things that were not that that are sinful lifestyles like in Colossians or Ephesians or 1 Corinthians or Romans Galatians and and it'll say things like you know put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed um you know anger rage malice slander filthy mm -hmm. language from your lips lying right so like here's a list and I think what what you just said was really good because what the LGBTQ community is saying is we don't see you putting all of those things at the same level. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is our sin is so much worse than everybody else's sin. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to come back to a theological understanding that the reason Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross and came back to life to give us eternal life was because our sin separated us from God. And so that brings up the question, 
Well, which city did? Was it the little tiny white lie I told? Or was it my adultery against my wife, right? Which one was it? It was both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The little tiny white lie is disobedience to God. And so is something that maybe is much more damaging, like murder, right? Destroying the image of God in someone. And that's, we think that that's, that they're not the same, but actually they are. The consequences are different, but the sin itself is exactly the same. And so that's what we see. And so we often, like I think of this one, like there's a pretty simple one right here, right? Filthy language from your lips. How many of us would say that saying a cuss word is the same as um, same-sex relationships? Most of us would say, oh, well, those are totally different. Well, they're not. They're in the same list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're in the exact same list. Yeah. So... um I think that's a little bit of a challenge for us, but theologically, I think we need to start wrapping our head around a good theological understanding of what separates us from God. Mm-hmm. And one is not worse than the other. The consequences of every single one is totally different. Mm-hmm. The consequences of my anger could be totally different than filthy language from my lips. Mm-hmm. The consequences of a lie could be totally different than greed. Like, greed's an interesting one. I always think greed is an interesting one because you can't see greed. Like, when somebody walks in the door at church, we can't see whether they're saying, my money's my money, and I'm not going to share any of it with anyone, and I'm certainly not going to tithe or give It's my money, and, and I'm, I'm keeping it for myself. Mm-hmm. You can't see that on the outside. <laughs> you just can't see that on the outside. But you might, but you could see if two men decided to hold hands and walk inside the church, you could see that. Right. You could immediately see what we would say is their sin. Mm-hmm. And the challenge at that point would be what would we choose to do as a church? Mm-hmm. Would we choose to shun them? Would we choose to um, ask them to leave? Would we choose to say, hey, you know, you're not welcome here? what would we do? Mm-hmm. And and we're at the same time that we're saying that person who's welcome, that's dealing with greed or filthy language from their lips or anger, you're all welcome here. You're welcome in this room. But you two, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Right. And Jesus even talked about it in the New Testament, talks about not, not giving a preferential seat to someone mm-hmm. in your public meetings, right? Like mm-hmm. this person's more important than somebody else. So this person's less important. So shove them to the back, right? Jesus said that that's not how we should treat the world. That's not how we should treat the public. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that we're really caught in this really challenging, man, this is a challenging time to be alive and to mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. where we want to be people that are just gracious and kind loving, accepting, and forgiving to everyone, just like Jesus was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're having our rights and our privileges and our very, the very things that we live and breathe and the very things that we believe are ethically, ethics and morals and mm-hmm. godly ways of living are now being taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a challenge. Yeah. Um, and we have to navigate that moving forward. And that's the situation that we're in with the Equality Act. And I think that moving forward, that is something that is very challenging for us. So like, what what could we do as a believer? What can we do as a believer in Jesus Christ? Well, I would say this would be a great opportunity for you to um, use your political resources to -hmm. make your voice heard. So contact your senator, contact your congressperson, write them an email. I've I've written several of our senators and congresspeople emails, whether it's at the state level or the federal level, and they've gotten back to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just write them a simple email about, you know, what I what I would like them to oppose or what I would like them to agree with or whatever, or sometimes 
we probably just need to write them an encouraging email that says thanks for thanks for serving. But anyway, um, you know, this would be a great opportunity to contact in in a political way. You can you can go to congress.gov and find your congressperson. You can go mm-hmm. to I, I don't know if it's Senate.gov where it is, but right. I think we're going to put these links actually in the of the podcast if you want to go there. Um, mm-hmm. But and just say I, you know, please, please do not vote for the Equality Act, and we should obviously do that with our senators right now since it's already passed in the House. Mm-hmm. So um, I would I would encourage us let's let's use our mm-hmm. political um, system that we can and make our voice heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's Senate.gov and we'll have those links in the little show notes down below um, for you to access and to write. Um, and I think something too, that's, that's good to also have in this is like, again, as Christ followers, like we don't want to discriminate against anybody or whatever, because we, we are sinners ourselves and we know that God's love is for all people, um, but we want to stand on truth. And so there's been a right. new, act that's been issued in Congress about a couple of years ago, really. Um, but the Equality Act is kind of taken and superseded with the media coverage of it. And the now President Joe Biden has made this like a big time issue, the Equality Act of being passed and all those things. But there's uh, there's a one called the Fairness for All Act, which is legislated from representative from right. Utah. And it really has um, like this bipartisan um, kind of support to it where what it's saying is like, yeah, we shouldn't discriminate when it comes to basic needs of like shelter and homes and even like businesses um, to not discriminate on sexual orientation. Um, we want to make sure that's there. Like that makes sense. But we as people in America where this nation is about freedom of religion with our first amendment rights, like we should still be able to exercise our religious right and our religious standards when it comes to how our churches function and how our nonprofits function. Like we should still be able to do that freely because we're going under a moral code that we describe as sacred. And a lot of people are saying like, this makes sense. Like this is, this is how it should have been written in the equality act, but it's not again, the equality act is a complete sledgehammer that's just destroying really the fabric of right. America itself, where we need to have more of a, an actual rational approach to this whole concept in general. And so um, you can look up the Fairness for All Act. Um, honestly, there's there's support for it, but it's more um, it's more conservative support, I would say, because right now the Equality Act is just it is the media. Uh, spotlight child and anybody who wants to be anybody is going to say, Hey, quality act is the way to go, which is not great because <laughs> it's just not a thought through um, t- a legislative act that actually has the best interest of all people um, within it. And so the fairness for all Act provides that. And there's a lot of um, organizations and people who are saying, yeah, this is how it should be. One, one of the, the great organizations that, um, I've been following a lot lately. It's called the And Campaign, A N D Campaign. Um, they're a, they're a faith based organization. Yeah, that's great. about um, it's about justice and compassion, and they basically it's always an and so truth and grace, justice and compassion, and a lot of their stuff they do is within social justice. Um, when it comes to different things, they're really much about pro life. Um, they're like, hey, we believe in the sanctity of life. And so they're, they're coming from a biblical yeah. and historical and women. Yeah, exactly. They're coming from a very historical view. Of they're the, pro-life the and pro-women They're Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. So, and I'll, I'll put the link of their organization too in the show notes. Cause it's just a, a cool thing to look at and they're doing a lot of good. And this, the guy who leads it up, uh, Justin Gibney, um, he used to play football um, back in the day. He's a pretty, pretty big dude. Um, he, he's, he's a lawyer and he's just all about like, Hey, no, we need to be involved in these political talks, but we need to do it from a faith-based way that both has justice and compassion in it. And so they're really promoting this fairness for all. Right. Um, and so I think that's something that if you're writing to your Senator or to whoever your Congressman is like to say, Hey, the fairness for all act, this is a great next step that could be instituted for legislation 
that really helps all people, um, not yeah. just one group of people. And then just obliterates the 99% that's out there. Like we want to be, you know, actual rational, rational when it comes to things like this. And so um, I would say it's something to look up the fairness for all act and something to look into and to even refer if you're like, Hey, like, well, what's, what's the next step if we want to get rid of this equality act, like, but I still don't want to discriminate towards people. Um, what can we do? And I also want to say this too, um, at least in our context, Again, I am not like a apartment manager, owner person, but um, I I don't think there is a ton of discrimination when it comes to sexual orientation and and gender identities. I uh, I say that oh, probably I don't think so either, but I, I know there are I know I know there are instances which are horrible and just never should be. Um, and I think this this law, the Equality Act, is just trying to make it official. Um, on the book saying like, Hey, there's a, there's a way to prosecute and a way to go against when somebody, you know, makes a stand or when somebody does this with the wrong heart. And that's, that's, again, I I would see no matter what, when a person is being discriminatory, it's not based on their own faith or whatever. It's they have a wrong heart. If they're just saying you can't rent this apartment because you're gay. And that's, that's just a horrible heart. That's not a heart of love whether they're saying that, well, it's because I believe in same sex or that same sex attraction is wrong. Okay. But that's a wrong heart. <laughs> like Completely. It's not God's heart. That's being shown in this. You're just showing a heart of hatred. Like we obviously, we don't want to discriminate against people, but we also want to be able to hold to our values when it comes to what God's word says, right. you know? And I think even as a church and in the spiritual aspects that should definitely be protected that should definitely be something that we are able to exercise freely in this country and the equality act just obliterates that right unfortunate it does yeah yeah the equality act um really is also a violation of american freedoms Mm -hmm. and and that's a that's a challenge that every single one of us should notice and be concerned with yeah. So, yeah. well, this this is a great conversation, and I think uh, moving forward into even more podcasts, we're going to talk about some some other issues as well that I think will be very helpful. And hopefully, this podcast was helpful as well. And mm-hmm. um, this is a big deal; it's a hot topic right now. And I think that we need to understand what we can do as believers, and even a stance that we probably that we need to take because our you know, we want to be people that can continue to practice our freedoms of religion mm-hmm. without being told that we can't. And so, um, yeah, these are good things to stand on and yeah. stand for. Yeah. And I think and to be... stand for people too, because we believe yeah. that the, we also believe that the act doesn't allow all people to have a voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. For, for sure. And I think would be good to even end on too, Mark, is within your message yesterday, you have that saying, you know, love is not license and agreement is not, um, or, I mean, I want you to best say it. So kind of just remind us of those three big things for love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Yeah, those things are important for love, love, acceptance, and forgiveness, because um, that's, that's what Jesus did. And that's how he lived. And I know that um, that's a challenge. And But it's true that that's how we're called to live. And what I talked about yesterday was that love is not license. Mm-hmm. And that just means that we, we can choose to love, but it doesn't mean we're going to give people a license to do whatever whatever is disobedient to the Lord and whatever doesn't honor God's word. So, But we're going to love first. And then acceptance is not agreement. And um, that's the that's actually a pretty challenging one because I know that that word acceptance is a word that I believe the left has stolen from the church and stolen from righteousness, stolen from God's word, that we as a church community, we believe in acceptance. We believe in accepting everyone. Mm-hmm. And they have stolen that term to make it mean something totally different that that we need to accept accept people's disobedience to God. We need to accept 
um, things that are not righteous. We need to accept things that are evil, not good. And so we need to be we need to be careful with that, but also understand that acceptance is not agreement. Just because we accept you does not believe, not mean we agree with your thinking or even agree with how you're living, but we can say, we believe that you're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you are worthy of God's love and his acceptance and his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then forgiveness is just refusing to play God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's saying, it's not my job to be the judge. It's not my job to bring revenge, to be hateful, to be angry, um, to, um, to say who's right and who's wrong. That's not my job. My job is to forgive. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that we do that, that you know, this is kind of the, the tail end of the Lord's Prayer, that we should forgive because Christ forgave us. Mm-hmm. And that God will only forgive us when we forgive others. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is huge, and we we could do a whole fifty minute thing on forgiveness. Yeah, um, how important it is. But forgiveness is refusing to play God. We're going to let mm-hmm. God be God, and and we're going to do what we're called to do, and that yeah. is to love, accept, and forgive. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, obviously, this is a big, big topic, and it's deep, and there's lots of intricacies to it. And we may have pushed a couple of buttons here and there. Um, which is good. I think that deserves every once in a while for us to get our buttons pushed so we can search scripture, we can think through these things and just again, allow the Lord to refine um, just who we are as people, as Christ followers. Um, because when we just lead out from right. what we think and what we feel, um, that's not great. <laughs> we got we to lead out from what God's word is directing us. We, we submit everything we are to God's word. Yeah. And that's the first step in this. And, and what I think we're saying overall is the Equality Act, submitting ourselves to God's, to God's word in this says, hey, we got to still love people. We got to still see them as people. But this is not allowing us to live out God's word. And this is violating our, right. our ability to live out what God's word is directing us. And that's an issue. And so that causes a discrepancy for how we live as Christians. And that's where we make a stand and say, sorry, this is not going to work. We're still going to love people where we're not going to discriminate towards people. We never should have in the first place, but we're also not going to just have our sacred writings, God's living and breathing word, just be abolished. That's not going to happen because we're going to adhere to that because that is our life. That's what gives life is his word. And so that's where there's mm-hmm. a discrepancy. And we're, I think as Christ followers, we, we have to say, no, this is not okay. This is not, this is, does not line up with God's word at all. And so to make a stand on that is absolutely okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, more to come, more conversations, yeah. by the way, if you have any questions, um, would you just, just email Cooper or I, you know, you can find our email addresses on our website at teenyfaithcenter.org. But um, just if you have some more thoughts or some more questions, you'd like a deeper conversation and something that would just help you grow in Christ, we'd love to have that conversation with you. So shoot us an email, give us a call at the church. We'd love to help in any way we can. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And um, we'll see you guys for our next episode of the Midweek. <laughs>